0: Welcome to the Box and Life podcast, where we will discuss everything from boxing-related info to living life outside the ring. Hosted by 2008 Olympic medalist, former undefeated professional boxer, and owner of Box and Burn Gym. coming to you from Los Angeles, California, Tony Jeffrey.
1: Hello there, and welcome back to the Box and Life podcast. This is episode six, and as you can tell, if you've listened to the podcast before, I've spiced it up a little bit with the music in the intro. So I think it sounds pretty good with this music. So, this episode, I am talking to Ollie Harrison. Ollie Harrison, good friend of mine, Olympic champion, a person who has changed so many lives, and we get into that on this podcast. People don't realize actually what Ollie Harrison has done for boxing. We also talk about what he's up to these days and what his life is like living out here in LA. He's he's like me, he's come from the UK, from England, and he's moved over to Los Angeles. So we get into that. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into it. So welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast. Today we've got another great, great guest Another Olympic medalist, but this time a gold medalist. We had David Price, who got bronze on uh, the second podcast, and we had Wayne McCulloch got silver and a day, gold medalist. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Audley Harrison. Audley, how's it going, mate?
0: Hey, Tony, how you doing?
1: I'm very good, mate, very good. How are you? How's things?
0: Uh, things are very good, thank you. I uh, can't complain. Um, just recently got back home uh, from um, being in the UK, in, in London. I had a very good trip over there. Um over there for only, only for a week but made a lot of noise over there positive noise um, <laughs> launched a charity over there it's very popular over here in America called the Jesse Reeves Foundation
1: and oh, then nice. we went
0: over to the UK to launch um, my calendars um, which is like all the proceeds going to this charity oh I've, is, seen, uh, I've, kitchen, seen I've seen your
1: calendar yeah. pictures I've seen your calendar pictures a bit of a stud aren't you mate yeah with an yeah, old six yeah, pack out yeah. all that so
0: it's, just, it's just Doing really well, and like all the proceeds, all the profits are going to the charity. Yeah, that's so awesome. Like helping yeah. more kids with uh, with cancer in hospital, and they basically deliver joy jars. So I went up to England and uh, had Lauren Goodyear and um, even Gemma Collins helped out just in, in publicising it. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really good to be a part nice. of the charity. And uh, yeah, it's just so good. So I'm back home now. Uh, I got to see all the family, and um, you know, I've got to keep myself. I went on a few TV shows over there, and. Uh, you know, come back here and um, back to normal life. Good Taking stuff. Out the trash and um, uh, change in baby diapers. <laughs> yeah. You know about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I know about that, mate. I love it. I love it. Yeah, oddly for, for people yeah. who, who listen to this podcast who may not know who you are, can you tell people just a little bit about yourself in a nutshell? Sure.
0: Sure, sure. So, in a nutshell, Gordon um, Harrison, um, I kind of came to fame... Uh, uh, amateur boxing won a Commonwealth Games gold medal, 1998, um, 2000. I became the first Britain uh, to win a gold medal for 33 years at the Sydney Olympics, uh, bringing home a gold medal, uh, which was not only great for me, but was also great for boxing. Uh, allowed amateur boxing to become a, a world-class performance program. So, you know, a lot of money was injected into into amateur sports. So, into amateur boxing. So, uh, I've been a professional now for like 14 years. Um, I've had some success. Fought for the world title. Uh, didn't do didn't do myself justice. Um, didn't didn't win. Didn't really perform. Uh, I've won a European title. Uh, there's a tournament over in the UK called the Prize Fight. I've won that twice. Uh, and I won a few other trinkets. I won a, I won a version of a, a world title, but it wasn't a main trinket, yeah. Uh So it's like a junior version. So I've, I've made some noise. Had some success, but for my own own measure. Uh, I'm, I'm 43 now. Uh, a lot of people think I should be well-retired, feet up. But I am planning to come back to boxing in 2015. Got one final go up the hill, as you say. One final shot at the big time to see if I can achieve my goal. And I'm very goal-orientated. Yeah. Uh, my goal was to win a World Battle, which hasn't been done yet. So I'll give it one more shot before I walk away from boxing. Well, then
1: then since, I was going to say, since you retired from boxing, because you did retire once and then you, and you announced your comeback. Uh, but since then, <coughs> you, you've been on... What dancing with the was it dance? Did you do Dancing with the Stars?
0: Yeah, I've done Dancing with the Stars uh, in the, in, the, in America. Dancing with the Stars UK degree come out in 2011. Right, uh, and then uh, recently I've just come back from doing a Celebrity Celebrity Big Brother, which was never popular show, high-rated show in television, uh, in the UK television, and uh, I came runner-up uh, to Gary Busey. So um, nice. Yeah, I have a good uh, I have a good uh, affinity with the UK public. Although the boxing world sometimes gives me a hard time, I think the general public, as, as we've seen with uh, Strictly Come Dancing, Dancing with the Stars, as we've seen with Celebrity Big Brother, uh, they got a lot of love for me. You know, you don't yeah. get away gold medals. because You know how hard it is to get medals Tony Yeah, and um, you know, it seems like that stayed with them, and uh, it stayed with me, and it's been, it's been, it's been good. Good stuff. So back, one of on your achievements, Oli. What, what?
1: I mean, for me, your biggest achievement. Well, obviously, it's the gold medal. But, but the, and you, and you touched on it a little bit. There is. Is what that gold medal brought? That gold medal, what what you what, and, I've, and I've told people. I think you've seen when I went. If anyone's ever said shit about you, like, I've I've always said mm. now nah, what Ali's done for boxing is absolutely amel- amazing because your your gold medal helped. I got millions. I don't know the number. The millions and millions of uh, pounds put into boxing. So the likes of me. I got put on a program when you got back from the Sydney Olympics. I've got put on an eight-year yeah. training program so I could I could train for the the 2008 Olympics because of your funding. So I I feel like without that funding there would no there wouldn't be uh, Amir Khan. I mean obviously there would right. be like like but but his right. success his fame and all that come through the Olympics same as me and then David yeah. Price, James DeGale, yeah. Anthony Joshua uh, J- uh, Luke yeah. Campbell all these all all this has been. Helped a lot by you because if you never won that gold medal, I mean, there would be no funding, no world class program. We wouldn't have traveled the world to get the experience to be able to fight at that level, and then we wouldn't have done anything in the qualifiers. So, you know, so I like to thank you for that. Mm. (laughs) I think I've told you before, but but that there uh, has changed my life
0: because of you winning that medal. Yeah, that means a lot. That means a lot, Tony. Thank you. And I think, I mean, a lot of people in the game of boxing know know that. They don't like to talk about it a lot because they think, they think I've got an ego that's out of the roof already, so they don't like to, to give me no credit, but I remember talking with the, in 1998, uh, I organized, uh, I started a boxing union in 98 because boxing wasn't a part of the World Cup Performance Program in 1998, and I marched to Downing Street with maybe 50 to 60 people, uh, I, I'd, I'd done a march and a petition, and I remember uh, the petition had about 500 to 1,000 people's names on it. Wow. And I remember the then, the then sports minister, Tony Banks. Um, I sat with Tony Banks, uh, and I said to him, look, I said, I can win you a gold medal in two years' time. I said, I'm 26 years of old, 27. I owe about $20,000 in, £20, in debt. I owe 27,000 pounds in debt. And, uh, but I can't say amateur. You know, yeah. I, I went to university, then, but I cannot stay amateur. You need to fund me because uh, I can win your gold medal. And uh, wow. and he said, to me, um, he said to me, he said to me, he said to me, he gave 500000 for me, Courtney Price, for, for six of us to go to the Commonwealth Games. And we went to the Commonwealth Games and he saw how great we done. We won uh, yeah. four golds, two bronze. And after that, that's when we got the funding to just stay amateur for the Olympics. I said, look, i got offers from people for like a hundred grand. I'm not going to turn pro. I'm not going to stay amateur if I don't get funded. So he funded me and, he, and then he said, for this to continue, you have to win the gold. I said, what do you mean? I'm going to win the gold. That's what I'm here <laughs> about. That's what I'm here to do. So
1: um, yeah, and I, then, knew what
0: was riding on, I knew what was riding on it. And basically winning that gold medal uh, allowed boxing, you know, I think it was 4.6 million or 5.2 million. And obviously, like you say, yeah. the Mir Khan story... Yeah, your story, David Price, uh, and obviously 2012 was was the, was magnified with you know with how many goals we done, how great we done in, in London. That's uh, it. They all came from they all it, came from the 2000 Olympics.
1: It's and just that snowballed. Goal. It it's, it's, the, 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 it's just snowballed, and it, now it's like getting better and better. And the next Olympics is going to be even better. But not even on the yeah. le- not even on the Olympic level, as it changing lives. It's changed lives of all these young boxers, let's say they don't qualify for the Olympics, but they've travelled the world, which they would never get the opportunity to travel the world uh, without boxing, because you know a lot of boxers come from bad backgrounds and haven't got the money, but yeah. this this here is helping change so many lives for the better through, uh, through that. It's like your baby I here in the background. Yeah,
0: it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Was the stadium?
1: I went outside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no yes, so it's it's, it's like it's like it's like a, a huge huge life life changer. And you know what? I, I looked up to you so much uh, at, before I even qualified for Olympics. I, I realized that. And then I, re, I remember. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you called anyone else, but I never I never met, I'd never met you. But you 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 call us, and uh, I was sitting in a restaurant and with with this with this guy, and you call us, and you're like, "Hey Tony, it's Audley Harrison. and I was like fuck, it's Ollie Harrison on the phone, it's Ollie Harrison, and I was like, all right mate, <laughs> and I was a little nervous, and, and yeah. you, you told me something that really, really helped change yeah. my me, me, me boxing career, you told us about visualisation, yeah. and I don't know if you remember that, but you told me about how yeah. to visualise your fight, and, 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 and it made so much sense, no one had ever told me that before, but you told me that, and it really helped, and I, and I did it every single fight yeah. since. So that's something. Yeah, that's, that's something. You were a big believer in all that visualization and that. It was amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know the, the crazy figures, Tom. The crazy figures, and it's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that because the funny thing is, I done it. I called you before, and I called David Price. I, I even. Yeah, so I called. I called because I felt like I didn't feel like there was a responsibility on me. I just, it's just my nature. I'm a very given person, and I and I just felt like. You know, wow, you guys have made it to the Olympics. I was so excited for you. I've done the same thing for Amir Khan. I flew all the way from America, and I flew out to Cyprus to the holding camp in 2004. And I, even though me and Terry Edwards were fighting, we wasn't seeing eye. Yeah. I, I felt I felt um, I could help him. So, uh, you know, and asked him, would I be interested in going out there? I said, absolutely. So I flew out there and spent, you know, some time in Amir Khan, uh, and I think it really helped him with Mario Candelan because Mario Candelan was a Southport and I was yeah. working with him there, how to handle the Southport. Yeah. So, you know, I, like I said, I spoke with you, I spoke with David Price. Um, in 2012, I reached out to Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, spent some time with Anthony Joshua. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, no, no publicity. This is probably the first time that's been spoken about. It's not something I've done publicly, it's just something I've done privately, you know. Even uh, Carl Froch. If you talk to Carl Frotch, was the first person that gave him a psychology book? It was me. Really? You know, in the amateurs, Carl was very kind of, uh, he wasn't the rock that he was now. And I remember, you know, they tried to force him to pull out uh, boxing a tournament and he pulled out. And back then, I was like a, I was the rock then. You know, mentally, physically, I was just like, you yeah. know, you just couldn't, you could, I was immovable, impregnable. And, um, and so, um, yeah a lot of people looked up to me then you know a lot of fighters and and so i've always trying to uh, you know give encouragement and and give um uh, give little little tricks that i used to use that would help me and visualization that, that obviously was uh, been beneficial to you it was a big one to me it
1: was yeah. a big one no it was a big one to me as well and and now I, now that's one thing i pass on to young fighters about about the visualization yeah and i yeah. I, I just, I just think it's it mean, it's it's great, and even the uh, Brendan, the UFC fighter, I will tell him the same the same thing. Yeah, uh, it, it's yeah, great... it's very important. It's a it's a uh, game very changer. important to
0: see it. Yeah. yeah, When I went to the Olympics, I won the Olympics. Maybe a hundred times before I actually won it, so that's why when I was telling people I'm going to win the gold, there was just no doubt in my mind. But yeah. Obviously, you have to do the preparation. You can't just do the visualization. You have to do the hard work. Oh graph. yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, once you match your abilities with the graph, then it's all about the mental. You know, no. and, and i and I'm and I'm living proof of that because obviously I've seen both sides of the fence. Where one where I believed in myself one hundred percent, and and one where I've kind of lost that belief. And you've seen I'm just like a normal guy. I can't even perform. You know, I've lost big fights, for the fights I should have won, yeah. or definitely have given a cow of myself, and I haven't turned up. You know, so, so
1: why do you think up. that is? Like, wait, wait, so you let's like what you just said there. You've been in the big fights and I've seen them, and the build-up's been great, and then and then you just hmm. you just don't turn up for the fights. Do you visualise yeah. the fights before? Like, do you do that visualisation? Because I know you do the preparation. I know you're, you're in great shape. and yeah. You're, yeah. You're, Your body's prepared. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it's, yeah. is, it, is
0: it a mental thing with the big fights? No, nah, it's just Superman. Superman not... Superman can't... I can't take it no more. I mean, the bottom line is, is like 2004, you know, when I lost that BBC deal. The, the, my problem was... My problem has been is that basically i got too much power and the system wanted to take it away from me. And so... When I lost that BBC deal, people just don't understand that it broke my heart. Yeah.
1: You know,
0: I, I lost that deal, not because I couldn't box. It was basically down to, you know, basically the politics of, um, of, boy, you want to call it institutional racism, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I've spoken about it before in the mail and a few other papers. It was just, I got this contract taken off me because I won't give up my, my company. A Promotions, and promotion. And rather than letting that go, you know, I could have had a BBC deal for life. Yeah. Rather than letting that go, I couldn't do it. So I held on to it, held on to it. And so in the end, the fighting didn't become important. I was still unbeaten at the time in 2004. And once they finally pulled the rug from under my seat and said, look, that's it, you've lost the contract now because you didn't listen. It broke my heart. And so whereas I had, you know, and I always said at that time, I'd never work with Frank Warren. So it was like, that was the only deal on offer for me. So that's why I left the country. I mean, I left the country a a broken man. And I was unbeaten at the time. So almost like every time I came back to England to fight for a long time, it broke me down, Right, you know, for a long time. Yeah, And so I just couldn't, you know, the the emotional side of it. Before, I always, and I still say it now, John Wooden is one of the greatest um, basketball college, basketball coach in America. He has this thing called uh, the the 12 pyramids of success. And one of the things he says is, um, emotions is your biggest enemy. And it's so true. And I had no emotions. I was like a machine. And once the emotions took set, you know, I became a different animal. And I, and I couldn't perform. It was almost like it was kryptonite for my sister. And I just couldn't take coming back to England and dealing with all the emotions of losing my deal and having the fight on Frank Warren's show. It, just, it was just too much for me. So, although I tried to keep it together, um, I couldn't keep it together. Um, and so, it was just like, um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long journey of just letting go. And growing up, really, just like a little boy, there's a, there's a book out called uh, Who Moved My Cheese? it's almost like every time I came back to England, I wanted it to be Harry. it used to be, you know, the BBC yeah. deal, everybody, you know, writing good stuff about me. And it's like, uh, you know, being with, having to go with Warren at one point, and then even like David Hayes, I just went down a, a little spiral and uh, wasn't able to kind of get back on track. And so I feel like now, this is another reason why people say, why don't you just be tired? What, what, what is keeping you in, what is keeping you boxing? And I say, well, there's no greater burden than the untold stories, you know. And I have this story to tell about some of the shit that I've had to put up with. And, um, and I want to get that story out. And it's kind of out now. A lot of people know about it. But I just feel like meeting Kelly, like doing Celebrity Big Brother and meeting Kelly in the house. Obviously, we know him as Frank. Yeah. Uh, and having, Frank used to say, in the house, Kelly said in the house, every Monday, him and, these, him and the cartel used to meet about who they're going to mess up. And the person that was on the top of that list every week was me. Really? You know, I was, yeah. And it was like when people in the house heard it, I mean, I know they didn't televise it, but when people in the house heard it, of some of the things that they used to do, I mean, like, if you imagine my pro debut, the BBC had been out of boxing for 15 years, okay? Yeah. And in the, in the opposite side of, of, of the ring, who I'm looking at is Frank Warren's brother. You know, and they've hijacked my opponent and it's cost me an extra 20 grand wow. because they hijacked my opponent. I mean, that was my first fight. So that kind of gives an indication. That was on every fight I had to put up a kind of option. Yeah. And in the end, it just broke me down. Yeah, you know, it's so it's like the reason why I'm, I think some of the big fights, you know, I've, I've kind of not done myself justice. And, you know, this team I've gone down the sides with gambling and a lot of shit where I've, I've had to, I've kind of like taken on as my toxic to get rid of the, you know, the, the stress that I'm under. I think now I'm, I'm, I'm totally clean, totally focused. And, and that's why I haven't retired from boxing. Because if I'm going to retire from boxing, I have to lose to somebody I believe is better than me. And I have to lose in a fight where win, lose or draw, I've, I've turned up and, and done myself justice. So have you, have you, you know, got a fight lined
1: up or what? Because didn't you have one lined up and you got, a, you got an injury or something?
0: Did I read that right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks, yeah. It's like uh, I came out of the big brother house and... Um, you know, I, I was kind of messing around training in there, but once I came out, uh, I kind of threw myself into this fight. I had a fight opportunity with Eddie, had a match room. I threw myself into the training. I was training really well, things were going really well. Uh, obviously, I've had a peck repair before, and um, it kind of, the peck didn't tear, but it was like my muscle on the back, my terrace, minor kind of broke down. Uh, and Who were I you going to fight, Luke? Who? Uh, uh, he was talking about Dave Allen. Dave Allen or some other guy called Cornell Michael. Uh, two little unbeaten guys, not bad guys. Um, right. One of them I think is 9-0 and old and the other one, so he's going to be on the, uh, the uh, Tony Bellew show. And oh, wow. uh, Nathan Cleverly. I was going to fight on that. And then they were talking about maybe me and Andy Joshua next year. Um, but I, I want it at that kind of level, a decent level, because I think a lot of the guys, you see the guy that blew me out, David, uh, David Price that blew me out and Deontay Wilder. I've always been the big guy. So, technically... Yeah, I remember you, you know, told you me think that about, before. Well, look what all he done wrong. Look what he's done wrong. got blown up by David Price. And then, okay, now he gets another big guy. You see, I didn't really fix the errors that I made. In either yeah. fight, Look terrible. Yeah. terrible. So, since that time with uh, Deontay, I announced my retirement, and then I thought, you know what? I can't do that. Because if I if I leave now, I'm going to come back in five, ten years and say, no, I could have, would have, should have. I need to get out of my system.
1: Yeah, that's a big. That's a thing. Uh, like, and did, I need to do myself justice. Did did you did you see so did you see Brendan's UFC fight the weekend, last weekend? I
0: Brendan didn't Charles. see it. I didn't see it because I was still over. I was still overseas. So, so I, was, well, so I saw the result. I saw the result. Um, yeah. And so I. He lost. I know. I know. He, he lost. And I And I saw, I saw. I saw. I just. I didn't see the fight. I just saw the tweet uh, yeah. that he was. Uh, he wasn't happy about it. So yeah. what happened?
1: Yeah, so so he uh, he fought and he he took the guy down a couple of times. He was fighting the number three in the world. He was a big underdog, and then uh, he got caught with a cut, got rocked, and then he was on. The, uh, and the that guy ended up on his back hitting him. He was hitting him in the back of the head, and there was ten seconds left of the round to go, and Brendan was still, <coughs> still fine, and the referee stopped it. Uh, but but what what, what I was talking about this for is, uh, do you know Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah, the, yeah. The UFC, he's he's so, the yeah. yeah, so he's got a, he's got a big podcast. Anyway, he, he was he was saying to uh, Brendan basically like uh, as a as a friend, Brendan, I think you should retire because you you know you you're gonna get hit in the head and it's gonna concuss and all that. And I was talking to Brendan and, and we were talking about like like I said to Brendan, if you retired now, you're 31 years old. If you retired now, two three years down the line, you're going to be. We're thinking, oh shit! What if I continued? Do you know what I mean? And, that, and yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's the yeah. same, that's the same with you. That's what I'm getting at. That's the same with you. If you if you retired now, in two or three years t- down the line, when you can't fight again, you'll be thinking to yourself, shit! I just wish I, I just wish I give it one more shot. I wish I went for it again. And that's that's the kind of same thing you're seeing, right? Yeah, hundred
0: percent. I, I know. Like I said, the big some of the big fights. I know I've kind of had some little... You know, some little things that's kind of got me off, really turning up on that starting line, 100%, knowing I've done everything I needed to do to win. And so I feel like I'm clear-headed, and I'm and I'm doing everything I can do to win. If you see the program that I'm working on, from I'm doing like with a new strength coach, I've got a new boxing trainer, I've got a new, I'm even working with this um, pro pre exercises for for your brain training with the hand-eye coordination. I'm yeah. doing so much reprogramming. I have to fight again. Just yeah. to see what, even though it's a risk, I'm 43. But I have to fight again to see what magic. I've I got injuries everywhere. But I know that this is my last shot. It could be my best shot. It's going to be my best shot. There's no doubt about it because I'm back together again. You know, yeah, you, you've know, you seen some good. magic through my career at times. Like when I fought Danny Williams in 2007, I could have fought anybody that night. Would, anybody would have got uh, destroyed. 2006, yeah. anybody would have got destroyed. Because I was like, like mentally physically and just ready to kill somebody. Yeah. So I kind of lost the fire. I kind of fell out of love with boxing, lost the fire, you know, got into that victim mode, you know, gambling my life away and just looking, you know, just being sorry for myself and blaming everyone else. And it's kind of like, it was a long process to kind of flush that out. And now I'm kind of, like I said, doing that celebrity big rub was great to have Kelly in the house and being able to go through that process of kind of like, you know, originally the anger and then like to forgive and to let go, and that's what it is, I've let go of that sh- shit that I was carrying, and and now I just feel like, yeah, I'm back, you know, so it's been a long process, but in the yeah. in the time of that adversity, look what's happened, I'm, I've met my wife, I've got two beautiful kids, so out of that adversity, I would have never had this, in yeah. real life, had I had I carried on being the superstar,
1: yeah. you know, I'd have
0: had women everywhere, I would, have, I would have just destroyed myself on the other side, so... What I have is a real life now. I've got a beautiful wife, kids. I've created something tangible, and it's, it's really helped me grow up. Because at 34 years of age, you wouldn't believe I was still a little boy. So that needed to grow up. So, although I've had all that adversity, I wouldn't have changed anything. I wouldn't change anything for the world because it's it's allowed me to become who I am. Yeah. And I've eventually I've grown up. I'm a full-grown, fully-fledged adult, full man, full man. And I'm ready to go back to the yeah. ring
1: next year. I'm gonna look forward to watching. Yeah, my last fight shot. Yeah, yeah, my last shot. It's gonna be my best shot.
0: And I know you And oh, I know. So. I know
1: there's I gonna be, be a lot of people. A lot of people are gonna want to watch it as well because you've got all these new fans, yeah. all these new housewives yeah. as fans who's never been interested yeah. in boxing before. Now they now they'll love you with six pack. Yeah. They're gonna uh, want to get on. <laughs> Oddly, uh, <laughs> part, So so on, on my podcast, I compare I compare living in Los Angeles with London. Eh, sorry, with with Sunderland, yeah. where I'm from. You're from London originally, and uh, what, what you live in LA now. What would you compare? How, how would you compare living in LA to,
0: to, uh, to London? Well, definitely the weather is a big one to compare. Yeah. Uh, most of the year, I'm walking around right in my flip-flops and my shorts. Um, and obviously, this time of the year in England, I just came back. It's freezing cold. And obviously, in Sunderland, where you're from, uh, it's even more cold. Um, and so uh, the weather's a big one. Um, the lifestyle. Um, I live in a place called Wet Lake uh, Village. Um next to the Kardashian area. Uh, yeah. Uh, I own a hair salon out here in Calabasas, uh salon mover. That's in Calabasas where the Kardashians live. Yep. A lot of celebrities there. Actually, Kendra Wilkinson, she was just on I'm a celebrity, get me out of there. She's one of our clients over here. Uh, so there are a few celebrities here. And it's just a great neighbourhood. So the, the neighbourhood... Um, and and the schooling and the, the whole uh, community vibe here is, is uh it's, it's similar actually the community vibe when I grew up in the yeah, even though I grew up in a tough neighbourhood you know the London key you could leave your door open in the old yeah. days I know you can't do that now in some areas but where I where I live it's uh, it's a great neighbourhood uh, with a community the food you know we uh, in England you get the good old fish and chips yeah you know there's the, a the few British pubs over here that do fish and chips it's not but the same it? it's like a no, it's not the same. So, the fish and chips, uh, definitely when I go home, I, I always like to get a little fish and chips. Uh, it's big over here. Sushi big over here. It's oh, not yeah. so big in England. I know it's grown more. And, like, before I came to England, I never even heard of sushi. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm the same. So, uh, it. uh, it's all I eat now. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm, I'm a footballer, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, the sport the sport is big. You know, overall, obviously, in England, it's all about the footy, rugby league, you know, rugby union, and the cricket. You know, over here it's about you know basketball American football. Yeah, well, and um, well, and ice hockey.
1: What What do you miss about London? About England? Living in England?
0: Anything? Yeah, I miss like Sundays. Sundays in England, about sale, I get all the new. I used to, to all the newspapers. Yeah, so I'm mean. actually a workaholic, so I work 24-7, 365 all week, and then the weekend Sunday I'll be partying all weekend as well, and so I burn the candle the whole thing. And then Sundays I'll just switch off all my newspapers, go from my phone, i go for my steam. go for my massage and I wouldn't talk to nobody and I'd read all the papers. How, how so do that's you switch a big off now, that I you? don't do here. How do you switch uh, off now? Cause I, 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 still I, I do the same I need... thing. I just, I just don't read the papers. I still go for my massage. I still go for my massage, go to my phone steam room. I go to my gym or I go to one of my, my spa, health spas, and I go and have a nice massage and, and a steam. Uh, and sometimes I do yoga. So it's just like... Uh, Sometimes I go to my spiritual center or I got paid, so there's plenty, of, plenty of ways. You still got to do it. You have got to let down. I have got two kids there and, and a wife. I got to keep happy. Yeah. Hey <laughs> baby. So, yeah, two, two, two kids. are just talking, and a wife. I got to keep happy. So, uh, but yeah. you know, so within within that family environment, you still got to find time for yourself, which is not, which is not easy. You know, keeping a wife happy and two kids and, and the household, but uh, I, I I find time because obviously being an athlete. I'm able to separate and um, you know be selfish, basically, yeah. which is what you have to do to get there. Yeah. I'm, drink- I'm
1: drinking a glass of wine every night to, to, to help relax me. And then, <laughs> being an ex-athlete, it's not good what? for
0: you. <laughs> so no, no, no. I gave up drinking. You know, I, I gave up drinking. I didn't drink a lot, but in 2012, I was like, you know, for the Olympics, I gave up drinking totally. I cut it all out for a year. Right. And as a professional, I've never been able to cut out drinking totally. Like after every fight. You know, I would go back and have a little drink. I was never heavy, but yeah. I said, no, I want to give up totally. So when I had my son, my wife, you know, who was my drinking partner, she did drink a lot. <laughs> she, um, <clears throat> you know, she stopped drinking wine, and so I gave up in 2012, and I haven't gone back. Really? So once I retire from boxing, I'll go back. But for now, I'm uh, So you've got I'm, that uh, look for uh, keeping clean. Yeah, yeah, I'm focused. There's no, there's no drinking. I don't, I don't play poker no more. I'm pretty much clean. I have no vices. No vices. So. Uh, I'm ready for, um, as I say, I'll be ready for this shot next year. It's final shot.
1: Nice. And I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. Well, oddly, I think um, I'll let you get off because I know you've got your family running around after you and, 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 you, and you've got stuff to do on this yeah. beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, so thanks for we coming out you. here, mate.
0: And, uh, hey, mate. Hey, good book to your tone. And um, Merry Christmas to you and uh, the family, Sarah and your little one. What's your little one's name
1: again? Jade. Baby Jade.
0: Baby Jade, America's good to you, the family, and Baby Jade. Thanks, and, man. um you know. I hope hope your um, boxing band wishing you uh, much success. With yeah, that. you'll have to come Basically down and check out you. the new gym. You haven't been down yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I want to get down there when you come back, and I want to talk to you as well uh, about that because uh, I'm actually putting my, I'm actually investing in Agora Boxing, so I need to learn some tricks from you. Investing in a what? Of what? I'm partnering with Agora Boxing. Oh right, yeah. Oh,
1: you mentioned that before. Nice, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm partnering with them and going to uh, kind of like give it a gloss of paint and, uh, and turn it into more fitness classes, similar to your model. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind having a word with you because obviously you've done an amazing job. If anybody watching, listening to the podcast has not been to, a, to uh, California, when you come out here, you have to go check out uh, Boxing Band and see the amazing job yeah. that Tony has done. From nice nothing, For nothing, he's created something that's amazing. And uh, your family and and, and Lee Percy, I'm very proud of what you've done from where oh, you were, but Look what you created. So uh, you know, hats off
1: to you. All because your help from the beginning, mate, from winning that gold medal. <laughs> I tell you, that's got <laughs> something to do with it.
0: I definitely believe so. <laughs>
1: so thanks, Olly, and uh, have a good Christmas, mate, and I'll speak to you soon. All right, mate. All you all mean, take care. Care. Bye. Thank you.
0: Hey, it's me, the American guy again. Thank you for listening to the and Life Podcast. Subscribe and please use hashtag and Life on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with any
1: questions.